Hey, Peter. Yes. And would that be something you might be interested in? Yes. Yes. And yes. I'm Adam Ennis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Jazz Explained. Jazz Explained. It's our tagline. Jazz yes. Explained. You know what? It's not just a tagline. It's a way of life. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could sum it up best, actually, by saying something like... Uh, I mean, just play the right notes. Just play the right notes. We could. You know? We could. Um, but I think that, yeah, Jazz Explained, Jazz Discussed, Jazz... Um, I'll play it and tell you what it is later. Exactly. Yeah. Now... Does anything speak to the jazz lifestyle any more than that quote from Miles Davis? No, I'll play it and tell you what it is. Yeah, it's so great. So great. Now, there are a lot of people who might be listening who might be thinking, you know. I'm not a fan of jazz. Why would they be here? Why would you be (laughs) listening to this podcast or watching this podcast? Shout out to our YouTube channel. If you haven't gone and subscribed to the new You'll Hear It YouTube channel, we're putting every. I'm looking at you. We're putting every episode. Peter, do you know this? We're oh, putting every single episode up onto YouTube. That's a lot Isn't of... That crazy? That's a lot of commitment. It's crazy. You, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, go check it out. You know, yeah. we... I mean, let, let's just say, just to... For further fodder for our listeners, our further podcast fodder. listener. Fodder. Further fodder. I, Luke, you are my fodder. It sounds like a uh, <laughs> cover band playing at the bar down the street. Wait, further I'm going to add it to my list of okay. great band names. We're going to talk about that. Oh, I, I got a good list, by the way. Uh, avocado is in a lot of them for some reason. <laughs> this is Marty Daly's thing. You know our friend I, Marty Daly? This is what he does. Friend he of keeps the pod. A list. Yeah. Absolutely. I've got my own list. But um, no, fodder for the listeners. You know what fodder is? F-O-D-D-E-R. Is, is, it, is it droppings? What is it? <laughs> no. Why? Fodder? Is what it, is he saying? Is it, uh, what, um, is, what is the definition of fodder? Actually? Give fodder to, well, it is not what I thought it is. I will take that back. It is food, especially dried hay or feed for cattle or um, okay. other lives. I thought it was like fodder, like... Um, like like I am your fodder? <laughs> well, I made that joke 30 seconds ago, but no, I thought it was, um, this is fodder for the other people, like things to talk about. Well, I think maybe that's Gossip. it, like, a, like some nuggets of food, <laughs> food for food thought. For thought. Fodder, you, fodder for thought. <laughs> oh, here we go. Fodder is not just used to describe cattle feed. We use the word to talk about other kinds of feeding so that don't involve really actual food. Good podcast. A new, a new celebrity marriage is fodder for gossip magazines. That's what I meant. Okay, I'm not crazy. What, what's, what's happening? Fodder. <laughs> so anyway, back to my point. Fodder for our listeners is that go to yeah, the YouTube. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, wow. This is bad. <laughs> You're right. Forget it. Forget it. No more fodder. Just go to the YouTube channel. Um, but we're having fun over the YouTube because you can leave oh, comments we do there. have fun. You can leave comments. So even if you're listening on the pod, take a little time when you get out of your car or whatever, when you can safely do it. Go to the YouTube and drop us a comment because we love to hear what you guys say. Well, also, drop us a comment. Drop us a rating and review wherever you're listening to this podcast. I'm talking about Apple Podcasts. I'm talking about End of List because that's the only one I really know about. Spotify. Spotify? Ever can heard you of live a re- leave a rating and review Absolutely. on Spotify? Right. No kidding. Yeah, please do it did not know that yeah okay right. anyway uh, we are excited we're coming up on a thousand episodes uh to be honest we might have already hit it how would we know because we lose count but i think no we're not quite there yet but a thousand episodes of the pods congrats in advance adam do you, do you are think you pat- are you already patting me on the back for something that hasn't happened well yet? in case you don't make it congrats yeah, okay yeah. <laughs> you could say the same to me see Try my best, y'all. Yeah. Try my best. So we've got, uh, speaking of another thing you can do, we're giving out like tasks for our listener to tasks. do. 
tasks. So you could go to youllhearit.com and you could leave us a voice message on our speak pipe. Leave if us you, a speak into the pipe. And leave a question. But you know what? If this is your first time listening, mm-hmm. you're probably already turned it off by now because we're telling you to do too many different things. There's a lot going on. You can also just relax and listen to the pod. Just relax. Or just pick one of these things. Yeah, listen We're to excited. The Sue us. Uh, but Birch, he went to youllhearit.com and left us this voice message. All right. Hey guys, Birch here, longtime listener, longtime speak piper. I would really enjoy hearing you guys break down the sound and style of Ahmad Jamal. He's one of my favorite musicians. He was the very first jazz concert. I was visiting New York back in the 90s, didn't know much about the music, and I saw him at the Radium, and it just blew my mind. So I really feel like he's a unique style that's evolved a lot over the years. And um, as a bass player, I just love his arrangements because they leave so much room for the bass to play melodically. And um, he used to do a little trick where bass would be playing in two and i noticed he would lay his arm on the piano when he wanted the bass to start walking in four and it's super effective anyways hope you guys are doing well thank you amazing so that's like a visual cue that birch is talking about there yeah that ahmad which does. is a, a big part of when we talk about breaking down his style his arranging yeah um is always you know kind of integral to the discussion of the ahmad jamal sound um you know his orchestration both of the piano but more so of the piano trio I think it's the biggest part of his playing yeah I think it informs everything else I think he is one of the most unique jazz pianists in history yeah you know absolutely yeah one of them if not I mean possibly the most influential especially when you talk about beyond just pianists yep and especially with the Miles Davis you know Miles Davis was just infatuated with his sound and his style and the way that you know his architectural approach to spontaneous arrangement and so this is like the visual cues that he would make, which are not that common um, in jazz. I mean, we're always signaling little things, but I mean, like with the number system, with the bass, mm-hmm. he he had a very sophisticated, has a very sophisticated um, approach to that. And so it's, you know, I think that you can't talk about, um, it's a great place to start talking about it, I would say. So let's start then at that great place. This is from, uh, but not for me, Live at the Pershing. This is, but not for me. Let's listen to a little bit of this classic. If you know any Uman Jamal, you probably know this. And what year is this? 58. 58. Okay, can we pause it? <laughs> so this is like, this is when you really have greatness. Talk about breaking things down. When the details are so lined up, aligned mm-hmm. within the trio. But so relaxed. And it's great because I was asking about the date because I've got another example after we listen to this that's also from a different club in 58. Nice. So this was very much like a, a trio that could play in concert halls, outdoor festivals. Totally. Ahmad has always been like, I've seen him in many different situations and clubs, but I think when we talk about this classic period and this sound, you know, with the audience there, it's, it's even more exciting to hear that energy there and to hear the precision with which they're playing. But it's that combination of like precision technically individually and then together the way they play absolutely but also just a super relaxed vibe but if you hear the way that Ahmad comes in and then the way Vernel Fournier and uh, Israel Crosby both come in at different times but it's like it's almost like watching a graph with boom 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 and then it's just they're just all there beautifully let's check it out again ah I mean it's just perfect Iconic at this point. Yeah. Baseline. Oh. You know, very Ahmad's very detail oriented. Like, well, my, 
behind the BJ Dillon right there. What about that? Repetition, space, slight adjustments, micro adjustments. Call and response. Yep. Oh, syncopation, voicing, dynamics. Fall, you know, laying back on the beat while others are right on the beat. This is way behind the beat. You know, the nuances of the different registers. Because you've got here the piano up here, the drums kind of in the middle, the bass on bottom. Uh. And all this single line stuff, and now this. Themes. First block chords, right? It's just all little compositions within the composition. Yeah. Oh man, every time I hear this, it's like I hear Listen something to new. Oh. Renell there. And that accent with the sizzles. What you don't hear a lot in this entire record and in Ma's career is very few solos that are based around burning eighth note lines. No. It's all thematic. No. It's all these melodies. But on this record, it goes in there in little places. Little places. Which makes it even more effective. Well, it's all it's all very well placed. And yeah. then when he, when he does it, it's like, oh my. I know. You know? Yeah. It's, it's a lot of just restraint. Yeah. And then, like, at times, really going for it in a way that really heightens it even more in terms of the arrangement. Oh, that's nice. It's like theme and variation. So much of this. Oh, and then Ahmad doesn't play that one with him. Sometimes he, I mean, like, those choices of when to play and when not to yeah. play, nobody did it better. Melody? We just heard Emmett Cohen quote that on our millennial show. Right. That's right. That's like a little bit of, you know, little flurries there. Huh. And if you check, I mean, you could just do it. Ah. Uh, Dynamics here. Big chords played very softly. It's such a cool place to go to that in the arrangement. Oh, and the way this ends. Is there anything better than that? That's so good, man. What a great. So I think the perfect track. Perfect. I think the two biggest manifestations of Ahmad's influence. I mean, he's so influential. But there's two in particular, I think, about Shirley Horn and Miles Davis mm. that really took his concepts and like you could just hear them, um, especially the kind of more nuanced ones in a great way. I wanted to play just a little bit. Um, did we answer the question? I can't remember the question. Just, we were answering what makes right Ahmad, now, Oh, good. What makes Ahmad Jamal so great? That was pretty much it, right? Well, no, it's... it's oh, break it down. Is he the most unique jazz pianist in history? But it's really just a, an, an offering to break it down. Right. And for me, the takeaway here is, like, everything is a theme. There's no line playing. There's no running your fingers. Yeah. Everything is very precise. Yep. You know, everything is a is a statement upon your expectations as a listener. It's pretty yeah. awesome, man. Especially if you consider when this was in 1958, when everybody's, you know, doing yeah. that kind of thing around him, right? That hard bop right. is, is ruling. I mean, and you can and see he's then, got those elements there. Absolutely. It's not like, it's not fit, it's not like he's going 
left. No, but Miles' band at this time yeah. is doing that kind of stuff. And right. then after this record, it's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's is, what I'm saying. That's yeah. why you hear that. That, And I, would, I agree, the precision. Um, and by precision, I think what we mean is not that he's playing right exactly in the time because he does know how to lay back and then but precision in terms of like his intentionality of yeah. when he's going to be right in the groove and then when he's going to pull it back and then when he goes when goes back like he had such an innate um, awareness of how that affects the architecture of the tune how that affects the arrangement and he was just this brilliant arranger and a brilliant pianist um, kind of all combined together and, and I think that's what really you know, Miles took from it. Shirley Horn a lot. I mean, Shirley Horn took a lot of just like voicings and different things and and approaches to playing trio that I think are great. Um, I, can I play one track? We don't Please. have to listen to the whole thing. I just yeah, want. I was thinking about this intro and how it sort of typifies Ahmad's style to arranging these standard tunes. This is Old Devil Moon, nice. which I mean, to me, has never been my favorite tune. Am I allowed to say that? You're allowed to say I'm whatever 52 you want. Years it's old your now. show, man. <laughs> it's not my show. It is our show. We can say no, whatever we want. It's a fine tune. It's just it's not not bad, not great, or whatever. But this just shows how you can take something and set it up in a way where then you're open to greatness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love this intro. So simple, but um, just like the last one on the but not for me, but in a different way. I mean, of course, uh, Point Sienna. You know, it's always like. Amal was a master of like one great idea for the arrangement and then letting the greatness flow from that. Oops, I abused my friend. Should we try that again? Try to give it a shot. Should we give, give it a, it a shot? Go. Let's give it a floor run, see, see how she do. plays. Yeah, you know, kick the tires. Yeah. Oh, this is great. Yeah. What is this from again? This is from Live at the Spotlight. That's Same thing, right. 1958. Yeah. Ah, I mean, come on! Like the space there is so incredible. Uh, can we do that though? Can you do? Can you do uh, a high single melodic line without you just feeling like you're ripping off a Majamal? No, but um, that's okay. Yeah. Um, um, but this is the thing. He what comes before that is what sets it up. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people will take this and just like start right there, and or they'd be like, "Oh, that intro's easy and corny." No, it's not. Yeah. Oh, and listen to him tapping his feet. For the four. And I mean, that's just br- genius the way Vernell Fournier. So it's like, because this is like an offset, it's a very simple mm-hmm. syncopated rhythm, but it, because it's, it starts on the and of one and you don't really have a reference point unless you can hear him kind of with his foot, which you probably wouldn't be able to if you're in the audience. So Vernell Fournier le- lets it be, instead of being like, you know, like set up, he lets it be for a whole measure and then re- resets it immediately, yeah. which is kind of, you know, just a fun little thing. Ooh. And then he comes in with the bass drum along with it. And then he pulls back. Everybody pulls back. Oh. And one thing that Israel Crosby's doing... Right. What is he not doing? Oh, Anything else. <laughs> Let it breathe, man. Let it breathe. You know, you know what I mean? It's just like... Which is... This might be the best version of the song. Mm. 
there a little been a, unison? Oh, in between the walk and bass line? Has there been, ever been a better kick drum bass player combination? <gasps> the kick drum and bass and of, of Israel Crosby and Vernell Fournier are always so locked in, and they have... I don't know if it's the tuning of the drum or what he uses, but they yeah. have they've dialed that in, man. I think it's the tuning because there's there's a lot of potential for overlap in a bad way because for like things to swirl yeah, around Ver- too much. Yeah, and, yeah. and because Vernell's using that bass drum like a New Orleans drummer. You gotta ask Hutch about this. He would know. Oh, for sure. For sure. But he's using it like a New Orleans drummer for accents, for syncopations, for fours and yeah. stuff. And Israel Crosby is sparse in a way, but then once he starts walking and then rejoining the melody and stuff, there's a lot of chance. I think they're just so tuned, you know, Vernell's got that bass drum tuned so well, it's right there, but it's not on top of it. Let's listen to just a little more. Unison bass. So good. Woo! Ah. Uh. I think Herbie got this from Ahmad. Now, this is something that you hear Ahmad do, especially later on, like getting into the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all his great performances, but he was already doing it then, is this idea of like getting a riff and, and departing from the melody. Miles definitely got this, well, I'm assuming he got it from Ahmad because that's one of the people he admitted to stealing stuff and being influenced by, but where you can just get up, like what happens in the melody? You know what I mean? It's just like, it's like drifting off to this cool little area like you're on the side path and then you're going to rejoin it. He just skipped over that whole part of my. He already played it. He's a Majamal. He need to play it again. Can I play something a yeah. little bit later? This is from 1998. This is a Majamal with a Asai quartet. Have you ever heard this record? Listen no. to this. This is comp time. Dixon on drums. Oh, yeah. E from Wolford on bass. You know, this is like a Majamal with a string quartet. You know, <coughs> if Sorry. my wheelhouse had a wheelhouse. Yeah. No, it's such a. I love this period of a mod too. 
we always go back to the classic, but this is no, yeah. There's another you can really record. hear it. He's stretching out. The very first time I ever saw him live was in 1998. Yeah, you got one. No, I'm saying pull it down a little bit so they can hear you talking. Uh, 1998, and yep. it was with this album. Do you know this whole series, um, The Essence? Listen to that. Oh. So this is Devils in My Den from Nature, The Essence Part 3. This is also mm. 98. He was so productive. Like, yeah. At this, in the yes, 90s, the 90s Absolutely. I saw him live a bunch of times. Making amazing music. Oh. From the 90s to the 2000s to the two out to the aughts or whatever they he's call still him. with us he's, he's still with us yeah i mean he retired and then i heard he's like oh i've decided i'm not totally retired he's like i'm still yeah. i can still yeah. play so let's do it but i mean he was such a he's a, he has been a fantastic like headliner on jazz festivals around the world because he's a Majamal. yep but also because he's just known to have like he's super professional like he brings you know, even as he's gotten older, he brings his A game. In fact, he cancels if he doesn't have his A game for whatever reason. Like he's just known as that. So promoters and and concert impresarios love to have him. Like they know they can count on him to be a Maj Jamal, which is not always the case with with all of us. You know, um, but I'll just throw a quick story out before we um, uh, leave the Maj Jamal episode, as we must. We don't want to. But uh, Ahmad's music is here, and Ahmad is still here. No, but the first time I met him was in Italy in the early 90s, mid-90s, mid-90s. And um, we were coming from this festival, and like we were waiting on the ride to take us back. And I'd actually just heard Ahmad play. He kind of played last on the same stage we had played earlier, and I was so excited. But then we're like waiting for the ride, and finally they got like this van, but it was like really tight, and the driver, and you know, we were all kind of like drugged. And I got in the van. I was like, oh, man, this is... And we got to get up at 3 in the morning to travel. I get in the van and kind of go into the back. Who's sitting in the back of the van over at the corner? Ahmad Jamal. And I was like, wow. Okay, what? He's driving with us. They're just like driving us all back, you know, late at night. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go sit next to Mr. Jamal. And I went over and introduced myself. And But I was also realized I was like complaining about the van. And then all of a sudden, he's just sitting there relaxed, peaceful, Chill. a legend. That's what made me realize. I was like, I ain't yeah. got nothing to complain with. But I sat next to him and we ended up talking. Um, I, I didn't want to push it. I just sort of talked a little bit. And, and, you know, he had actually heard us play and was like really complimentary. And we just had a great discussion about piano and him. And he was just, he was exactly like he sounds on the music. It wasn't yeah. like one of these things where he just like get away from me, little dude or whatever. He's a great guru. He if was going to have a guru. He was like, so I have, just cool and, you know. I have a little shrine in my on my piano to it. Like one of my most prized possessions is a, um, a Jimmy Cat's original print of mm. a mod. You know, like sunglasses on, black and white. You know, oh, nice. that Jimmy Cat's look. It's yeah, so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I love it so much, man. Awesome. It stays on my piano. Uh, let's go out with something from 2017. Okay. So this would have been when he was 85, a, a young yeah. whippersnapper at 85. That's right. Yeah. That's so right. this is Marseille. Uh, featuring oh, Abdul Malik. You know this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah beautiful. Yeah. From the album Versailles from 2017. Yep. Thank you, Mr. Jamal. Mm-hmm. 